Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a West Side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Hootie Nation and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now do me a favor, if you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button, smash that thumbs up. I am up to 841 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Let's try to get it rolling to get it to 1,000 as fast as we can. Now this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right. We got a special guest today. I'm very excited. It's Sports Illustrated's James Rapine. I'm going to bring my boy Jeremy D in here real quick. What is up, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? Dude, just excited. Just excited to be to be here, man. Excited to listen to what this guy's got to tell us, man. That's what I'm waiting on. Yeah, we were talking to him before the show started. I said I remember when he was on the uh, radio here in uh, 1530 uh, ESPN and him and uh, Moe Edgar. He was uh, the king of the mock drafts. But yeah. without further ado. <laughs> I like that, guys. What's up? <laughs> What's, going What's going on, on man? How you doing, brother? Welcome to the show, man. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm loving the uh, the UC jerseys in the background there. I see Jason Maxiel's 54. Yeah, exactly. Definitely a fan of that. And you got the big O? Oh, the big O. No doubt. I, yeah. See, that goes without saying. I think some people forget about Max. So yeah, had to give him a shout out. Oh, yeah. Ma- Max is one of, the, one of the last really good big men the Bearcats had, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, Yancey Gates. But Yancey Gates was never what we thought he would be. He was still good, but he was always kind of disappointing to me. But, you know. It is what it is, but it's kind of depressing talking bear, Bearcats right now. Everybody wants to fire John Brandon, which um, they, they all need to calm down a little bit on that, I think. But Knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I like Brandon. I think he's going to be good. We'll see. But I we're do. here. I do, too. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're here to talk Bengals. And like I said, we're, we're here with King of the Mock Drafts. I just always remember you talking about that all the time on, on Mo Egger's show. And uh, you got a couple of them out already. I, I know you just posted one today, I think. Yeah, a couple out at allbengals.com. And uh, it, it's funny, you see all these these mocks with Penny Sewell falling to five. And, right. and I think that's the consensus, right? I mean, hell, there was uh, the, the big Monday night when there was a, 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 a sign made yeah. by fans that had Penny Sewell on it, right, already. Right. So people have been talking about him for months. I don't think he's going to be there. And that's the thing that uh, I worry about most. And the next guy, Jamar Chase, who I would probably take at five, I'm not sure if he's going to be there either. Because everyone just assumes there's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks and these Nationals guys say quarterbacks, and maybe that's the case. But I don't buy it yet. Tua Tungavailoa fell to five last year. Justin Herbert, who's better than Tua, fell to six. And so I could see some of those those quarterbacks falling out of the top five, which uh, would certainly hurt the Bengals' chances of landing Sewell or Chase. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point. I mean, I, I'm one of the guys that, that thinks that it's going to be a quarterback run. I just, from what mm-hmm. I've re- read – and just because the reason I think that it's just because the way to get a cheap, not, I won't say a cheap, but the way to get Super Bowl championships now is you get that quarterback sure. and you get mm-hmm. them on the rookie contract and you build everything else around them. And I think that's what the model that most NFL teams want to do. But like you said, last year, Herbert dropped to a drop. So it, it, it could happen again this year, but a lot of people are talking to, uh, um, 
field. Um, geez, I can't think. Um, your favorite quarterback, Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin, Justin. Fields. I thought he was a shoo-in at number two, and it looks like the the kid from uh, BYU is actually uh, getting more more cha- uh, a better chance to get drafted before uh, Fields does. Yeah, I have Wilson going ahead of Fields in my mock, and you're wow. right; it, it is crazy after that that Clemson performance when yeah. Fields just tore him up, and you know he he goes down. He, it looks like he's injured; he might not be able to play, and then he balls out. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just assumed that's a that's a second overall pick. He's going to go number two. Right well, now, he might not even be the second quarterback taken, and could fall out of the top five. So I, I do think that part is interesting—the Wilson versus Fields debate—and I still think there's going to be a couple quarterbacks that go in the top five. I just I, I think that the the idea that four quarterbacks are going to go with the first four picks, and these teams are just going to give up all these draft assets to move up—I don't know if I buy that yet. Maybe it does happen, and it would certainly benefit the Bengals. And hell, I would certainly love to see Sewell and Chase and everybody. All those skill right. players on the board, so the Bengals right can take the top guy on their board. But uh, I, I'm, uh, I'd say 50 50 right now that one of those guys is there. And I'm more pessimistic, I think, than, than a lot of people in the business right now because normally you see Chase and or Sewell there at five, and maybe the Bengals pass on him in the mock, but usually one of them is there. Right. Yeah. Well, I keep saying that. For sure, I just have a feeling that uh, Sewell, Slater, Pitts or Chase or Smith, one of those five guys is going to be there for the Bengals at, at five. Now, me and Jeremy have talked a lot, and what I I hope the Bengals do, just because in the past years they've had such bad luck at drafting offensive linemen, from Obwehi mm-hmm. to Fisher. I mean, Jonah Williams Price. is good. Price, yeah, Jonah Williams mm-hmm. is good, but he's got injured the last two years, so I'm not I'm not saying he's a bust at all. But I, I hated that he's got he can't finish a year. You know he, he missed his whole rookie year, and he didn't finish this year. So what I want them to do, and what I'm hoping they'll do, since they have all this money, because I think they're fourth as far as the the most uh, cap space, is go out and get Trent Williams, go get Tooney, so, solidify that line through free agency. Then it doesn't you don't have to go out and get Sewell. It's not a big deal or Slater. If it's not a big deal, if they're not there, there. And the Bengals could potentially trade out of that and trade back and get more picks to because yeah. there are more holes. I mean, let's be let's face it. I mean, you got to fix that offensive and defense line. Those are the two biggest things that the Bengals have to fix. And the best way to fix it, get more picks. And that's the downside is I don't think that there's a there's no Chase Young in this draft. There's no defensive lineman right. that you're going to say, let's take fifth overall. And right. I know Young wasn't going to fall to five last year, but you right. know, Jeff Akuda went third. I don't think there's mm-hmm. a corner in this draft class that's worth worthy of the fifth pick. Penny Sewell actually, to me, is the only lineman I'm looking at at five. Rashawn Slater, pass. He's a trade-down candidate for me. And, okay. and I know there are some out there that think, oh, Slater can be uh, you, you know, a stud and he can be just a plug-and-play and some have him ahead of Sewell. I, I'm not buying that. I, I just, I'm not. I think that if you trade down to eight, nine, ten in that range, fine. Rashawn Slater could certainly be uh, the guy you target there. To me, I totally agree with the philosophy because you, you said it at the top when we were talking about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You have a rookie contract. You have a quarterback on a rookie deal. So guess what you need to do? Spend that money. Protect mm-hmm. him. Joe Burrow showed he was the man. He's not a question mark anymore. The question right. mark is the offensive line. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think, forget, and, and you mentioned some of the, the names they've gone after. It's not that the Bengals have neglected the offensive line. No, they have yeah. tried to fix right. it. Cordy yes. Glenn trade failed. And I liked it at the time. I thought it made a lot of sense. You drop back nine spots Mm -hmm. and you get your potential left tackle. Well, it didn't work. 
for a bunch of reasons. Uh, the same thing with Billy Price. He seemed like a safe pick, right? It mm -hmm. hasn't worked. And no. so and now go with what you know. And what I know is, is a Daryl Williams, a Trent Williams, Taylor Moten, if he somehow it's free agency, I think he's going to get franchised by the Carolina Panthers. I know those guys are instant upgrades. I also know a Matt Filer would be a, a, an upgrade at, at tackle if you go after him. You mentioned Joe Tooney, Brandon Scherf. Mm -hmm. I, I think there are a lot of guys out there that you can get that are going to want to play with Joe Burrow. That, that's right. the other part of this. You got to use that to your advantage here because the Bengals could have a really, really good offense. And as far as trading back with the fifth pick, I'm open to that idea. Mm -hmm. But if Sewell's there and you think he's a generational talent or if Chase is there and mm -hmm. I think he's – I'm really high on Chase. I, I, I think people so, so don't we. realize how amazing yeah. he is. Yeah. The good news mm -hmm. is, is Burrow can tell the Bengals how great he is. Mm -hmm. If Chase is there at five, even if Sewell's there – I'm tempted, and it really just depends on what they do in free agency. But right. I, I would be tempted to pick Chase over Sewell because of how great I think he can be in the league. But it all starts in free agency. Can they get the 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 men in the trenches to keep Burrow upright? If they do that, then I'd be really, really comfortable taking Chase with the fifth pick, and I wouldn't really consider trading back. Yeah, yeah, I, that, that's that, – good, Jeremy, good. I've been talking good. Oh, no, yeah. I was just going to say, James, man, that, that that's about our thoughts. <laughs> On the yeah. dime. That's what we've been talking about, yeah. We have repeated it. It seems like every show now, but <laughs> what you just said is exactly right. And I, so the way you've, the way you feel about it though is we go, we're five, Chase is there, Sewell's there. You'd be mm -hmm. okay with either pick. If neither are there, you would just trade back, you'd bounce back somewhere and play around with maybe a Slater up in the teens or something like that or, 10, I guess, maybe what, how far back are, would, would you want to move if those two players weren't, weren't available? If they're not there, I would want to hopefully get one of Smith Waddle who might be better than Smith. And we don't realize uh, yeah. that because he got dinged up for most of the year, but yep. my man can fly. Yep. He's yep. got wings and he mm -hmm. did it at the highest level, and he was uh, he was better than Devonta Smith when he was healthy uh, mm -hmm. in the early part of the the 2020 season. So Waddle, and then Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is a freak. As much as is a uh, guy like Chase is a freak, I think Pitts is there. So I actually like all three of those guys more than Slater. And offensive line guy is going to be really really mad at me, but, <laughs> but I think that the offensive line, the offensive lineman specifically tackle that you get mm -hmm. at 38 whoever's there in the second round is going to be closer to what you could get in Slater at pick 10, let's say, right. Versus the wide receiver you could potentially get in round two or three versus a, a guy that you get at nine, 10, 11, whether it's Waddle Smith, I'll count Pitts in that category, right? One of these other mm -hmm. offensive weapons. So that's how I view it. And look, I, I get it. I get the the need. The Bengals have stunk in the trenches. They haven't been able to protect their quarterback since 2015, their last winning season. I right. know it's a need. It doesn't mean I'm neglecting it or ignoring it. I also want good value in the draft. And, and I want to take the, the top players. Hopefully the Bengals never pick fifth again. Or if they yeah. trade down, hopefully they never pick ninth again. Right. And so I want to take top talent not reach wherever they're at in the first round so i would be comfortable moving down i think 12 is kind of with the 49ers is probably the lowest that okay. you'd want to move down because you're still able to get slater darisol 
or, or one of those offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably that's kind of how I look at it. And to me, the value is offensive weapon in the first round, unless it's Sewell. And then right. second round, you could get a really good tackle. I think there's going to be a tackle there at 38. Oh. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And and I, we talk about free agents, and I, I'm banging the drum for the uh, Bengals to, to get uh, Tooney. Yep, wrong one. This, it's this one here. Because he has – I keep bringing this up, but since 2018, he's had over 2,008 pass blocking snaps, and he's only allowed three sacks. That is unbelievable. If you can get mm-hmm. him on the inside, I, I, what I would like them to do, I, I'm, I'm good with Spain. I think Spain, to me, has done a good enough job. I think he could be one guard. You put Tooney at the other guard, and like you said, you go get Trent Williams or one of these other guys to tackle. You solidify that line because that's really, to me, if the Bengals can protect Joe Burrow, open holes up for mixing the run because he's never had a good offensive line the entire time he's been a Bengal, fix the defensive line because – we're talking about um, uh, um, I hate when I can't think of guy's name. The uh, Carl Lawson, you know, he mm-hmm. he might be, uh-huh. get franchise tag or anything. Carl Lawson was a, was a fourth round pick, so you can find these guys for the defense in the second, third, fourth round. You know, there are diamonds in the rough, but those are the two things that they need to, to fix. And if they fix that offensive line, go trade back, get Jamar Chase, or or if he's at fifth, get him at five. Pitts is the one. I've kind of changed my mind on him a little bit. At first, I was like, I don't know if he's going to be a tight end or not because he's he's mm-hmm. big, but he's not Travis Kelsey big, you know. But mm-hmm. talking to other people on the show and stuff, if you move him around a lot because he can play wide receiver as well as tight end, I wouldn't really put him in for blocking. I'm not sure how good of a blocker he is, but he could be a weapon in itself, just in different positions that you could put him in. So that's where I'm like, I really want Chase because. The biggest thing that Chase has with Joe Burrow is a connection that they already had at LSU. I mean, they set records at LSU. Mm-hmm. And it, Chase was 19 years old, killing the SEC, killing yeah. the SEC. So that's what, and I don't know everybody's like, well, he sat out last year. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if he so, sat out last I mean, year so not. did Sewell, so did Slater. So, you know, so Waddle was dinged up. You know, a lot of these guys sat out. Yeah. And just because you sat out doesn't mean – like NFL players, I have a hard time for with them sitting out, I think, because it is their job. College players, man, they sit out for bowl games. And I have no problem with them, unless you're going for the national championship, sitting out for a bowl game. Because there's been so many guys who've gotten injured in that bowl game and lost their your first-round draft status. So, And and these guys, with the, the way the season was and everything, I have no problem with them sitting out a year. I totally understand why they did it. Sewell scares me because he's only – I think he's 21 – and he's really mm-hmm. only played, I think, one year college football. Now they say I've I've read stuff where he's the next Anthony Munoz. I mean, how many times have we heard that? It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's true. And that's where I'm just I want a solid veteran line to protect Joe sure. Burrow. And if you if you protect Joe Burrow and you go get their quarterback, the Bengals are gonna be, I think, but playoff contention contention next year. I, I think they could be. I you know, I think that that's certainly in the realm of possibility, but it, it's going to take aggressiveness. They're going to have to be really aggressive. And, you, you know, maybe they don't go get the, the right tackle in free agency or it's a mid-level right tackle that doesn't break the bank and is going to compete with the rookie for the starting job. Mm-hmm. But they take the rest of that money and they go get an edge rusher besides mm-hmm. Carl Lawson. Because if they keep Lawson and keep Jackson, 
I think the defense, yeah, you had in the trenches, you had a, a defensive tackle in the draft, potentially an edge rusher in free agency or the draft. But the defense is pretty set, right? Linebacker, you're hoping to go there. Bates and Bell, you have Jackson on one side, Wayne's on the other. You need a nickel corner, uh, but you like Darius Phillips as, as that fourth corner. So you feel pretty good, I, I do at least, about the defense. The offense is, is what's going to win you games. And that's that's really the, the difference here. You want to go into Cleveland and beat Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry? Well, keep Burrow upright. Yep. And and go put up points and stretch the field. And, and that's the thing is they didn't have any field stretchers this past year. And I, I've heard some say, by the way, some of these analysts, oh, Jamar Chase can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Joe Burrow if he can do yeah. that. He absolutely can. And, and he isn't like waddle fast, but he's different than that. I think he's more complete. I think he's got burst in and, in and out of his cuts. I He, he looks special to me. I, I think he could certainly do that. So, to me, there is a blueprint for them, even in the tough AFC North, to be in playoff contentions, especially now that seven teams can get in. But mm-hmm. they're, they're going to have to make a lot of moves and be really aggressive and force the issue. And hopefully right. they do that starting in free agency. Well, that, that some Bengals fans on here have been like, Mike Brown's not going to spend any money. You know, He never does. I'm like, hold on. Well, just remember last year. Like he, yeah. they went their their whole thing last offseason was to fix the linebacking core and the secondary. It should have been also to fix the offensive line, but for some reason that wasn't in the plans. And I, I blame Jim yeah. Turner for that, and he's no longer on the team. But that was their plan. And they went and they successfully successfully did it. I think they, you know, our secondary was pretty good. Our linebacking core, I'm very happy with with Logan Wilson and Davis Gaither. And Josh Bynes, I, I think they're growing and, and going to be a, a good linebacking core. Not that we can't add to it because you can always add to it and stack talent. But getting back to this year, I think their whole focus is going to be on the first the offensive line and then the defense, getting that edge rusher. Like we mm-hmm. said, now, are you in, in the, the group of going after J.J. Watt? <laughs> I mean, sure, make the call. I, I mean, I'm always that's, interested. That's but – I know for a fact JJ's asking for a lot of money. He's obviously looking for a contender. And mm-hmm. if I'm the Bengals, why wouldn't you just keep 25 year old Carl Lawson if it's right. between the two? Well, see, now if you can, I'm... if you yeah. can add Watt, absolutely right. And, right. and I think he would fit, and he could play right. inside right. and and help DJ Reader. And they have the money to do it. But are you paying him more than a lot of these other teams are willing to pay him? Because that's what you're going to have to do if he's going to come to right. Cincinnati, a four eleven and one team. When he wants mm-hmm. to contend, the price tag is going to have to be, you know, much higher to do that. And, and I just, right. I don't think that that it's realistic. But am I interested? I'm, I'm interested in oh, a yeah. lot of these veteran guys. And, and that is a th- that brings me to another point. There are going to be a lot of players cut over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Cap casualties. Green Bay cut their the right tackle last week. Yep. Those are the things that the Bengals need to take advantage of. Oh, we'll we'll throw a little money at a veteran on a one year deal, and, and give him a shot to show that he can. Uh, reestablish his value with the cap down. So I think the Bengals can take advantage of that because they're one of the only teams in the league with a significant amount of cap space. Well, that, that brings me to a, another another question for you is who will the Bengals cut? Because I've read stuff that Geno Atkins is most likely going to get cut. And I read something that me and Jeremy brought up on the show a couple weeks ago that if they were to cut uh, Geno Atkins, BJ mm-hmm. Finney, um, uh, Giovanna Bernard, and Bobby Hart, it would get us almost close to $50 million under the cap to spend extra. Have you heard mm-hmm. anything about, about that? I mean, I love Giovanni Bernard. I'd hate to see him go, 
you know, money's money, and we need money to go get the offensive line, defensive line fixed. I think if they made those four moves, and I'm I'm spitballing, obviously I don't have the numbers in front of me. They would yeah. free up another twenty one million dollars in cap space. Yeah. Um. So so it would be huge. Yeah. You know, Atkins is around nine. I think you'd save Hearts like five or six. Geo's four. I don't think the the Bernard one's likely. Uh, although uh, I totally get it. But, you know, saving the four million dollars. I think they could actually trade him, but I don't think they'll do that either. And then Finney's as good as gone. I don't think they're going to keep him at no. that number. He's a backup no. center. You could find one cheaper even though they have the issue with Hopkins there so no I, I agree with you and, and right now if the cap and we don't know what the 2021 salary cap is going to be but if it's 185 million dollars it's going to be at least 180 mm-hmm. but if it's 185 million dollars the Bengals are going to have 45 million dollars in cap space anyways so right. if you free up another 15 million bucks 20 right. million bucks mm-hmm. you're putting yourself in position you could be a player for Trent Williams and, and I wrote that on my offseason plan at allbengals.com. That's my guy. I'd go get him because yeah. I get it. He's 33, going to be 33 years old. He's also oh, pro man. football focuses, number one rated tackle. He's it dominant. I would have traded yes. for him last off season. And, you know, if he makes it the free agency and I think he's going to, okay, fine. I'll move Jonah Williams, the right tackle and mm-hmm. love it because Trent Williams is everything you hope Penny Sewell could mm-hmm. be. Right. And, and then, and then if you end up with Sewell, okay, well then, Sewell can play right tackle. Williams can move into guard, and Trent uh, and Trent Williams can play left tackle. And now you're really set. So I uh, I would be ultra aggressive, and the Bengals are certainly going to have enough space to do so. Uh, as far as Atkins goes, because that's the one where it's going to be painful. I think unless he takes a pay pay cut, they're going to have to release him. Just no choice. But if he right. takes a pay cut, I'd be willing to to, to keep him around because I still think he can be productive when he's healthy. Right. Exactly. Now. A story came out today that the uh, looks like the Bengals are thinking about uh, tagging Carl Lawson now because I guess he's he's getting more play than I guess they thought he would. Now, if you look at the available free agents or whatever, according to sources, he's the youngest one, and people have been the top five of available free agent you know pass rushers. So that right there, I think, makes it him more intriguing to other teams now when this first season first ended i wasn't that worried about losing him i didn't think he was going to get a ton of money and i said i don't think it's that big of a deal to sign him but now the off season's rolled on and more teams are interested in him mm-hmm. is he worth you know 10 to 15 million dollars a year i mean I, that's more than i i would want to pay him but i don't want to lose him either sure I, I think he's asking probably in that 15 million dollar per year range right now on a long-term deal. And obviously there's guaranteed money in there and all that stuff and all the contract specifics Uh, in the Bengals. I'm sure they'd be, they'd love to sign him for, you know, four years, 40 million bucks, 10 year, 10 per year. Um, I just, I don't think he's there. He's probably asking for 12 to 15. He knows how valuable he is in a defense that is uh, really lacking a pass rush right outside of him. There was no one consistent. Exactly. Uh, here's what I, I'll say is I do think, and I do know actually that the Bengals, they plan to tag him. That's okay. the plan. If they can't get a long-term deal done, of course they would love to get a long-term deal done. Right. If not, he's going to be the the franchise tag. They'll use that on Carl Lawson. And, and if that's the case, he'll make anywhere. And it depends on the salary cap, but he's going to make anywhere from around 15.7 to $16.3 million. And mm-hmm. if it's $180 million, that'll be that 157 if that's what the salary cap is. If it's $185 million, then it's around that 16.3 number. So to be in that range uh, to tag Carl Lawson. And the downside of that 
obviously not having them under a long-term contract, but the downside right. is that's a straight out cap hit. So mm-hmm. if they have $45 million in cap space, 16 million of it's gone. You can't right. spread that out or get cute with it and, and move it around or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just a straight cap hit on 2021. So if they can avoid using the franchise tag, it would be ideal. So they can go after the Trent Williamses or the Daryl Williamses, right. the Joe Toonies. But uh, if they can't and they use that franchise tag, it'll be a direct cap hit. That's- yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jeremy. I was just going to say, man, that's dead on. And I, I, I'm, I'm so glad to sit here and just listen and observe because, you know, <laughs> there's so much about the cap people don't understand. And you just laid it out there in a layman's term where everybody can kind of see, you know, how it works and and what we what we need to do, what we're going to do, what we think we're going to do, that kind of deal. I just want to – that was Really well put out there, man. Um, for all everybody that had questions about the cap, I know we got a well. Thanks. I, I I have to dumb it down for myself, anyways. So <laughs> I, I totally understand. I, I, I'm I like, all right, explain back. this to me like I'm five, yeah, right. and then I'll explain told- it to everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like I always say, I was told math is not a requirement to do this job because I'm terrible at math. So <laughs> I usually rely on Jeremy to to help me out. I'm like, I don't. I don't know. You did it so much better, though, man. You you were so much better. I, I just need to walk out of the room, I guess. <laughs> now I got one more one more question for. Uh, I let you go. You said you got to get going here soon. Um, people ask me or us, what? How are we going to replace AJ Green? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what has he done the last three years? I mean, I love AJ Green. I do. He's one of my favorite players ever. But I don't think he's going to be that hard to replace the production that he's given us. I think you can find a speedster or something like that in in the fourth or fifth round because this is a very there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft. There's a lot of offensive linemen in this draft, and there are a lot of quarterbacks. Those are the three big spots. So I, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I, I think that one, if you don't take a, a receiver or an offensive weapon in the first round, which we spent a lot of time on. Right. I don't see one in the second round. That's that's going to be worth it unless one of these guys falls. Right. You know, the kid from Purdue, uh, I could see him potentially falling, but probably not. Right. Kadarius Tony from Florida, maybe, but probably not going to be there. And so if that's the case, you're probably talking round three, round four for a wide receiver. Uh, I agree that in that range. There are some guys that you could target and, and potentially, I won't even say make up for AJ Green because you're right, they haven't had him and he certainly right. wasn't his former self. Right. The way to replace AJ Green, the Green we remember, is at number five. You're not finding that in the fourth round. You're not right. finding oh, that yeah, in the yeah. fifth round. Yeah. Right. But but if you I, I we're talking if about you, AJ Green the last three years, which it has a big sure. And, and, and that's the thing is if you you're banking on Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins to be de facto one and one A in this offense, then you mm-hmm. could absolutely find another compliment. If you look at those two guys and say Tyler Boyd's a great slot receiver, T. Higgins is a really, really good high-end number two, but you need the number one, mm-hmm. I think you're getting it with that first-round pick. And that's why when people say, why would you take a wide receiver? Well, that's why. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I think that there's yeah. a clear gap after Chase, Waddle, and Smith uh, to that next tier of receivers and the value, again, comes back around late day two, early day three of the draft. Can still find some speed, can find some promise. I'm not saying you can't, but it, mm-hmm. it, it might be hard to find the the guy you're wanting. And, and maybe then they go, and, and they could still do this, go the free agent route and bring in you know, a Josh Reynolds or bring in a mid-tier right. type wide receiver to help fill that void. You right. know what? That's, that's exactly what I was going to ask you just real quick. I know you got to get going, man. 
Um, in in your view of the free agency, do you see any wide receivers that really stand out there to you that would almost say, okay, if we end up take you know getting Sewell um, or whoever else, mm-hmm. do you see a solid wide receiver out there that would that we could get for a decent price that you think could really put on some production for Cincinnati? Sure, it, it depends on what the budget is, right? Like to me, there is no budget for Trent Williams. 20 million per, here you go, my man. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. So oh, you're but, but, but if you're if the Bengals say, let's go get Joe Tooney and then we'll sign an edge rusher and we're going to draft so at five, but we also need to get a downfield threat. Well then you're looking at Curtis Samuel, a guy from Carolina who doesn't have the production, but maybe eight that. to 10 million per in that range. He's he's not a one, but he might be that that element that you're looking for. Um, I, I mentioned Josh Reynolds. I don't love Reynolds, but he has the ties to Zach Taylor from his Rams days. And, and I think he could be a wide receiver four-ish, but you'd still want to draft one there. Uh, but to me, there's not many wide receiver ones in this free agent class. Allen Robinson is that. Kenny Galladay to me is that, but he's very similar to T. Higgins. So th- that's the dilemma. And they're going to cost a lot of money. So I'm fine with finding a, a piece or two in free agency, you know, at the, at the wide receiver spot, but that's probably going to be a Mike Thomas and a Josh Reynolds, right? That's going to be, they retain Alex Erickson and maybe they go after one of these guys. And I think Samuel might be pushing it already. Um, And then they'll, they'll look towards the draft. So I think they'll sign wide receiver four through six potentially in free agency. And I'm not saying three of them. I'm saying in that tier, those tiers. Right. Um, and, and so if they do that, it still opens up the, the door at five. And that's the thing, too. With the fifth pick, regardless of what you do in free agency, I think you need to be open. And, and hopefully, like we said at the beginning, Chase and Sewell are both there so they can take the top player on their board. Right, exactly. Now, My, you know, the comment on the crown says, well, he, he says that uh, Tate could replace <laughs> AJ. I don't know if he could replace I like Odd and Tate. I like, yeah. I, I, I like Auden Tate, but um, he's how do I put this? Fans view him in, in a light that is just not not fair. It's not fair expectations for him, and it's just not it's not something that you know he could be a compliment in this offense. But he's a wide receiver four, and that's fine. But the, you know, there's a reason he hasn't had a crazy breakout year yet. And, and yeah, he had some good uh, good rapport with Joe Burrow, and I think he could be a compliment. But that's what he is. He's a compliment. He's not a a wide receiver, even three, which AJ was last year. AJ Green, as washed up as fans want to say he is, I think he's actually going to have a big 2021. As washed up as fans say he is, and I don't even know where he's going yet, right? Right. Um, But he's still better than Auden Tate. And and that's no knock on Auden Tate. It's just, come on, man, that's AJ Green. (laughs) I I completely agree. I've said that uh, a lot. He's going to go somewhere, and he's probably going to ball out. It just – I almost think AJ was just seemed like he was just mentally done here. I think because there there were so many times this season that I saw him. Well, not so many times. There was very few times actually I saw it where I go, "That's AJ," you know, where he's going over the middle, snatching the ball out of the air and run, make plays after the catch. I didn't mm-hmm. see that as much as we're usually now. Injuries, he's getting older, you know, might have lost a step, you know, yada yada. But it just seemed like he wasn't all in as much as he as he had been. Now, I, I don't know. What do you think about that or not? Or you think it's just injuries or why was AJ not the AJ that we all know? I think it was a mixture, a mixture of things. I mean, he, he's um, certainly not the, the same guy speed wise. Like, you know, his legs weren't 
what he was. He's not as explosive. But I, I think part of it was he was tentative. I think he was thinking, thinking about the offense, thinking if he was making the right decision. I do think the offense is what uh, was a little more complex for him than it had been in the past because he used to be just that guy, right, where they would put him on one side. All right, AJ, go downfield. We're going to get it to you. And, and so I think he adjusted to that some. But um, it, it just it, it didn't click. It didn't sink outside of week six and seven, really, right. for him. And, and I think a, a change of scenery is part of it. I think the chance to win again will be part of it. And, and I do think that there was the the injury factor at least a little bit. It was only natural for him to wonder about that. But he's played a, a full 16 games this past year. And, you know, hopefully wherever he goes, he can have success. I, I know I'll be rooting for him. He's one of the good guys in the league. So I, I hope he has success wherever he goes. And while there's always a chance, I, I just I don't think it'll be in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I just think that that ship has sailed. But all right, you get you say give me 15, 20 minutes. I know we've we've won over that, so I <laughs> I will let you go. And I appreciate you coming on the show, James. And I, I hope to do this again sometime. Sounds good, guys. I appreciate you having me, uh, and I look forward to it if you have me on again. Sounds hey, good, brother. Thanks, man. Take it easy. He just laid that it all out right there. Yeah. Yeah. I that, mean, I mean, he was he's pretty much saying the same thing that. We've been saying that we want them to fix it in, all, in in the draft, the offense line, and not the draft, in the free agency, and get Jamar Chase. I know I, I've laid out different scenarios of what the Bengals could do if they only signed Tooney and then they draft Slater, and you know I've put out lot, lots of scenarios, but I have stuck with I want them to get a left tackle, I want them to get Tooney or a guard, and the offensive line will be fixed then, and then you could draft Chase or Smith or Pitts or somebody at five, or you could trade down. It, it would leave the all the options open. It doesn't make it so you have got to draft a left tackle. That is, you know, we haven't – I have not spoken with James. I know you haven't about any of this, about what he talked about. No, that's the first time I've talked to him other than on Facebook Messenger, face-to-face. <laughs> -face, so. And it was pretty Thanks, amazing Travis. that – he just flat out come on here and, you know, just said a lot of the things that we've been saying for the past three or four months. He can see it. He knows you know what's what? – It almost sounds like we know what we're talking about. What? Wow. <laughs> that kind of threw me for a loop too. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, but no, <laughs> it was it was pretty awesome, you know, just uh, – and for him to put the cap in, in the perspective, he did it, nice and simple for folks – it is that easy, and that is why the Carl Lawson situation is so big for Cincinnati. Yes, we got because that is just we need the contract to pay him seventeen million, eighteen, depending sixteen. Oh, that's going to be that's a pretty big hit off of our what could be up to sixty plus million dollar cap. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, Chris Bengo says, uh, uh, Iceman, you say Suell at uh, first. I mean, if they don't fix the offense line in free agency, then yeah, I think I think they they would they would have to. But uh, I would rather them fix it in free agency. Yeah, that's the only way to really go about it. We've we like we've talked about in the past. We've had too many mistakes too many guys they weren't even mistakes they were we just went after who we thought was the best player and they didn't turn out to be so to take care of it in free agency and then have the draft wide open why the hell wouldn't you go for it right exactly 
So, all right, let's. I, I didn't bring this up at the top of the show because I James had I had to get him on and get him off, but we did have have had some kind of tragic news today. Uh, Tiger Woods, who we all I don't know, if we all know and love, but we all know and respect as you know, in my mind, in my generation, the greatest golfer I've ever seen. Um, was in a car, uh, one collision, one car, car wreck today, and it's pretty bad. He's flipped over side of a hill. Yeah. It's not looking. I mean, he, I think he's he's alive. He's not going to die, but he's yeah. he's uh, got some severe broken legs, broken uh, other other injuries. So make sure you guys keep um, him in your thoughts and prayers. Um, this he's had. He was just coming back from a back surgery. <laughs> I think his fifth, yeah, his fifth back surgery. He was coming back from that, and now he's got this. It's like, uh, it's like the guy can't catch a break from. From injury, so I mean, and I like I don't know how severe the leg injuries are, but it's it's just it's tragic because I mean it wasn't that long ago we we weren't we weren't well that was probably ten years ago now we weren't wondering if Tiger was going to catch Jack Nicholas is when yeah. he was going to catch him he's yeah. not catching him I mean yeah. you know I mean it's I mean I I we've known that for a couple of years now but I mean. I don't know. I mean, hopefully he'll have a regular life after this, you know, because it does. The car wreck didn't look very good at all. No, it, it it didn't, and it sucked so bad because you know, for Tiger, you know, he he's he's got more wins than Jack, but at the end of the day, it it's like with football. They don't count your regular season, man. They count your preseason, your Super Bowls. So I just after he won in Augusta here two years ago, I thought. You know what? He's back. Maybe there is a chance. He might. You know, yeah. Oh, dude, that was so cool. I want oh. that just, just, just to watch what it used to be like. Yep. Because there's a difference between a crowd and a tiger crowd. Right. It's a tiger crowd. There's a different roar. There's obviously more people. It's a different yeah. thing. And watch <laughs> his his son never really got to see him. Yep. And you know when he was younger and when he was dominating. Right. But his son got to see him and his kids got to see him that one that prior to last time, yeah. you know, to, to, to win it. And then him, him hug his son in the exact same spot in 97 where he hugged his dad. Yep. It was just it was like a, it's a freaking movie. <laughs> you know, oh. you can't make you can't make that oh. stuff up. That's one thing you I love about sports. You can't make this stuff up. It just happens. And now it, he's going through this. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable because he's got his new. uh I guess you'd call it biography called Tiger on HBO. I know. I haven't and, watched that yet. Man, man it's, you know, he, the poor guy didn't really have many friends. I guess you could say he was, he was shocked. Golf was pretty, what pretty much what he, that was it. His Just life, playing, playing golf as a, from a little kid to forever. And he didn't really have a social life. Learn, you know, and people got on him for not interacting with, the fans as much, or, you know, they didn't think he give gives out enough autographs or takes time. He, he, he that kind of goes as, as a person of who he is and how he was raised. And, you know, he's just, he, he is the best in my opinion. He's got the most wins. He, he's not going to have the most, uh, you know, championships, I guess you could say, but right. it, it sucks, dude. Five, five knee surgeries or back surgeries, two or three knee surgeries, and now he's laying up there with however many surgeries today. Just sucks for Tiger. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not good. But let's move on to uh, uh, some, some little happier news, here, at least here in Ohio. Uh, the University of Cincinnati Athletic Department has announced that they are going to allow 1,135 fans into Fifth Third Arena. That is awesome. Ooh. So I know Bearcat fans, I know you guys are upset with the way the season's going, and some of you don't like John Brandon. He needs to go, yada, yada, yada. Keith Williams is a senior. He's been here for four years, at least for his senior night. Let's sell the place out for as much as they'll let us put people in there, and at least give Keith a going out, going away party present that the man deserves. No, he hasn't had the, the the best senior year like we hoped he would. The season hasn't worked out like we hoped it would. But I just think as fans of the program, we need to fill as many seats as we can in there for the kids. And there are there's still kids who have went through what they've went through the last year and uh, last year. I mean last year they couldn't even finish the season. This year they couldn't practice half of it, you know. And they've just gone up and down and COVID this and COVID that. And things look to be getting back to normal here, hopefully very shortly. And we could actually have full stadiums. But at least they're letting us in. Let's go out and support these players for what they have gone through this past year. Because I don't know about you, man. About 19, 20, 21 years old. That's a lot to go through. You yeah. Know? Because you don't, you know, because they're saying it's life-threatening and all this stuff. You don't know what to believe. And, you, you know, all oh, this person's positive. Yeah. This person's not. Am I going to get sick? Should I go do this? I, you get all this other stuff going on in your mind. And you also have to concentrate and try, try to play basketball. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, you know, we need we need to get as many people in there as we can to show our gratitude toward them for, for the four years and for just this past year. Yeah. yeah, Brad said it'd be three games. So yeah, get all three games and get as many people in there as we can. Yeah, I was gonna say what well, y'all have won what your last three out of four, too. I mean, that's something to be excited about right there in itself. I mean, hey, the Buckeyes played Michigan. Oh, good thing I didn't ah, cut that, not in my own house. That team up north, you know, Sunday, and even though it was close, and I I believe we completely just blew it at the end, but you know, we 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 got brought back down to earth as well. So I, I still – how are you guys looking in the, in the tourney? Are you still thinking oh, NIT for sure? Uh, I I hope we get in that. <laughs> I mean, like I've said before, the top 13 winningest programs of all time are not ranked right now. UC is one of those. <laughs> but that's ridiculous. It wasn't – it mean, was – Terry Nelson that said y'all were 500 and then you just, we're, yeah, we're below 500 now since we lost that so one. We're, we're what? Uh, seven and eight now. Okay. Uh, and I you mean, got three games left, something like that. Uh, three home games. Um, they still got to make, uh, they got three games just this week. Uh, so we got a game Wednesday, Thursday or no Wednesday, Friday and Sunday. I think again is, okay. is, is on top of my head. I know we got three games this week. So that's that's the thing, too, is the five or six games that they missed, they got to make them all up here before we roll into the uh, the tournament here, the American uh, Athletic Association tournament. And the yeah. only shot the Bearcats have, which that's a long, is winning the tournament. You win the tournament, you, you get an automatic bid. But if you watch the game Sunday, they got to do a heck of a lot better than they did against Houston. 
And like I said, Bearcat fans need to just give this team a break. Houston has at least four to five fifth-year seniors. There's not four or five teams in the country, I think, that have that many fifth-year seniors on their team. And they've got a huge bench. The Bearcats, I, they've had they've had four guys opt out on them this year. I think they've got four or five guys off the bench. They don't have so it, everybody. I would I just would like all the Bearcat fans just calm down. Give Brandon another year. Let's see what happens. It usually takes honestly. It usually takes about four years for a coach to really put his mark on the team. You know, get all his recruits in. I mean, if, now if the team plays next year like it did this year then yes i'll be more on board of maybe we need to move on from brandon but i'm not i'm not there i'm not even close to that right now <laughs> you know i think brandon's going to be a good coach i think they're 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 going in the right direction we got a ton of freshmen and sophomore on this team we only got two seniors that's that's it and everybody else approached freshmen and sophomore and like i said we have four guys opt out so you know, and none, it is what it is. We're not going anywhere. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's not over. You know, the season is not over. I mean, I'm telling you, I I, I, I could I could see him having a, a decent shot in the tournament myself. Um, you know, to, to at least make their way in to the NCAA tournament. I really can. I, I you never know with basketball. I mean, you you watch I, 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 I'm a huge Bearcat fan. I don't see them getting in the tournament. And the only way they get in is they they got they're going to have to go through Houston, who just boat raced them ninety to fifty three, <laughs> which yeah. they could. But, but exactly, not. on any given, like that team up north on Sunday, mm-hmm. shot almost seventy percent from the three point line. That doesn't happen. I'm sorry, but you can just okay. That doesn't happen. You don't shoot that well every night. That big and, white dude in the middle was killing the Buckeyes. Oh, we don't have a big. That's the problem. EJ yep. Liddell is a power forward. He's like six eight. He's he's the biggest guy really we got other than the tattoo guy. Uh, but he, he couldn't hold his place in the kitchen. I think I think, the, I think he's six eight. The guy you're talking about. Yeah, he's not that that big. And then you got this huge dude at Michigan was just dunking over us the whole alley ooping, going up, dunking, getting rebounds. And then they were shooting at 65% a clip for three-pointers. It was just unbelievable. And crap's I mean, going to happen. I mean, it's not like the Buckeyes got blew out. It was a good game. It was, oh. it was a one-point game almost the entire time, except for like the last, what, three minutes maybe? Yeah, we were up by four with like seven to go or something like that. I mean, you know, it was a good game. Yeah, I was I was keeping track of that one and I was while well, I was watching the Bearcats, but – Toward the end, I started watching more from the Buckeyes. Coming, oh my goodness! I'm like, oh, I'm like, I want to keep watching my Bearcats to give them support, but man, that was that was hard to watch. I mean, it was just nothing went right for the Bearcat. No, nothing. I mean, that was just what it, it's the biggest loss they've had since I think 2011 against, and that was versus Notre Dame, and that's with Mick Cronin as the coach then. So, oh, okay, it happens. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So the Reds are officially at spring training. Baseball is back. We'll be having games here very, very shortly. Now, this is where I I think is going to, we're going to talk about this. We're going to be talking about this position as much as we talk about the offensive line for the Bengals all year. Shortstop. They 
really didn't do it. Actually, not really. They didn't do anything to address it. I mean, you got options. You got uh, Kyle Farmer, who I don't think is an everyday shortstop. You got Strange Goodwin, who they signed, who I don't think is an everyday shortstop. You got Jose Garcia, who I think eventually could be our everyday shortstop, but he, I think he might be a year or two away from it. They've tried it. I saw him having Gino Suarez taking ground balls at shortstop. I don't think that they're planning on moving him there, but he's an option for double switches and stuff like that. And he can also move Moose to third. But that shortstop position is going to be a thorn in, I think, the red side all year long. It is. I just it clearly it, it is. They it, it, they didn't take care of that position. They just which they really didn't do much at all. But at the at the end of the day, there is we're ta- you're talking about farmer. I mean, good I mean, lord, farmer, farmer proved that he could play shortstop last year, but he's not an everyday shortstop. No, yeah. I'm just Garcia not, proved he could play shortstop defensively. He just can't hit, which can't the ball. Yeah, he well, he didn't play above double A, which I and that's that's all that's a huge jump to try to true. go from double A, who where he didn't play that much in to begin with, to jump all the way to the majors. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. You know, yeah, it is what it is. You're, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. With just about each one of them, you you got you can look at good things and bad things. It's just more of the bad rather than the good with most of these players. So I don't I don't know how your boy there, Bell, is going to uh to handle it, but I'm sure since he's such a machine. The genius David Bell, I can mix, mix and match and screw it up completely. <laughs> My boy Bell. Yeah. My boy Bell. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not a big David Bell fan. I just I, no, I was kidding, folks. Yeah. Now, one thing I am interested in, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, is Vado has changed his swing. And they were talking about it on uh, MLB Now earlier today that uh, they got so many metrics and everything now, it's it's ridiculous. But to talk about bar- barreling up the ball. When he changed his swing last year, he went upright and he stopped choking up. His barreling of the ball percentage went up. Now, that is good if you are trying to hit for more power, which is what I think Votto is trying to do, which I said this last year. I think Votto has gotten in his head way too much. He he thinks, I think he overthinks it. Like, should oh. I swing, should I swing, should I swing? And then, uh, oh, I should have swung. You know, instead of just, as Tony Perez would always say, see the ball, hit the ball. And that's yep. where I think Votto needs to get, he needs to get out of his head. Yeah. And, and just, just swing. How many times have we seen him do that, that half, a half swing and then oh. he'll hit it me too it's like dude just swing yeah. <laughs> like and i he, love joey vada he's my favorite player on the yeah. team now he's a checker right. though man he, he just checked uh, you know he, a ton of check swings and i think it i think it has something to do with his contract i really i feel like he feels like he owes the reds or the fans so much that 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 kind of you know because we've never really had that type of mega millions well, I guess we have, but Votto is kind of the. I guess he is it well, from he, the Reds. He's been he's been the Reds, yeah, for, you know, over half of the contract. I mean, they signed him for that long long term contract, which I was excited. I was very excited. Yeah, me too. That. me too. Yeah, but then they didn't sign anybody else, and they had nothing except Votto. And yeah, that's been the problem. 
and he's in his own head, just like you were talking about. And that could be contract. He's thinking, I'm letting the fans down. What well, I got now, he's changing his swing up. It, it just kind of stinks. It, it's like we're getting the worst of both worlds. We're not able to add. And the guys that we're with now, like you said, are playing inside their own heads. And they just, he's got to go out there and play ball, man. <laughs> Crown says, and this is what Beetle says all the time on here David Bell with manager of the year. You know what, guys? I hope you're right, but I haven't seen it in the two years because that's the other thing, too. I don't think David Bell is very good for Joey Votto. I think David Bell overthinks it. I, 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 you know, it's baseball, man. You know, it's it's not. Yeah, you have to think. It is a thinking man's game, but you can't overthink stuff as much as these guys do. And I think David Bell overthinks way too much stuff. He does. And I, think, and I don't think that helps Votto, you know. It's more, you know, I'm okay with the analytics, but I don't like it totally based on analytics. And David Bell is a pure analytics guy. And there's lots of teams that, that are like that. I don't agree with it. I think the teams that do a mixture of analytics plus old-time baseball, you know, their teams usually perform the best because you can't always swing for a home run, you know. It, it would be nice, like... Last year, I, 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 22 innings. 22 uh, innings. <laughs> and we didn't score a run. And to me, is that team had no ability to manufacture runs. And that's that's one thing I miss about, about baseball. And I don't like about the way baseball is now. You don't see the speed guys. I mean, we got a strange good one. Well, hopefully he'll bring that to the team. We have Akiyama. But hopefully David Bell will let them run. You know, get on the base pass create havoc so that pitcher is thinking about that guy on second that guy on first and the guy at the plate if the bases are empty all the time all he's got to do is concentrate on the hitter and yeah. that, that hitter is just trying to hit a home run every time you know to me i'm sorry it's boring if you guys one two three one two three one two three oh there's a home run okay one two three one it's a that's boring and yeah people say baseball's boring boring that's why there's no action if you are running the base pads, if you're bunning, if you're hitting and running, you're hitting behind the runners, you're hitting to the opposite field to move the guy from first to second or second to third, that's baseball. I don't see that anymore. I mean, and for the love of God, they do these stupid shifts. Butt <laughs> the ball down the third baseline. You get a hit every time. They'll stop doing it. Mm -hmm. Why anybody do that? They keep swinging right into it. I'm like... It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't understand. <laughs> it, it, it is really unbelievable, man. And I got to tell you, it, it that style of baseball takes away completely like what you were talking about. There's nothing like a man rounding third, heading to home when the ball's coming in. You know, somebody's throwing a rope and, you know, it's a close play. And it, you just, you don't get that. We didn't get that much at all last year. Like you said, it was Get up there, swing for the fences, and hopefully our pitching will outdo theirs. Right. And now well, – the, the one time David Bell did anything where it was, uh, you know, kind of old-time baseball, he tried that stupid double steal with two guys who don't steal in the playoffs. Oh my. I'm like, you, that, I was fine with trying to do that. But one, the players, he, it's not – they didn't play like that during the season. They didn't do that. No. So in the playoffs – Oh, yeah, let's have Akiyama. And I don't even remember who the other person was at second. I thought it might have been Moose. Yeah. Let's have them double steal. Like, that 
come on. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> it, it, that's what I want them to do. But when you bring it out and you do it one time in a most crucial, crucial situation, that's where you should be doing this during the season. So guys know how to do it. It's not shocking. They don't screw it completely up. Like Akiyama did, or I mean, yeah, yeah. Did, sorry. you end up ending an inning because of it, because right. of something. Right. It was just, it was so frustrating. But I am excited about the red season. I yeah. still think they got a shot to to contend for the division, get in the wild card. They're, I mean, they're not. Our pitching still still good. I like I said, I would love to keep Trevor Bauer, but I knew. You knew it. I knew it. All Reds fans knew there was no way we were going to keep them. But if you have Castillo and Gray at the top of your order, I mean, those are two, a, a pretty good one two punch that I'll take against pretty much anybody's one two punch in like baseball. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it. I, I, I really do. I, I love Castillo myself. And he, he, I, there's no reason why our pitching shouldn't at least be. Even with Bauer, you know, like you said, even without him, we We're can still, still have pitching. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you got Tyler, Tyler Malley. You got Wade Miley. We'll see how he does. He, he didn't have a very good good year last year. But yeah. Ty, Tyler Malley, I think, is about to have a breakout year. He That's the reason he got to pitch and Disco got moved into the bullpen. <laughs> you know? Right. Because I, I think he, he stepped up last year. And and I, I know um, uh, TJ – um, oh, where's the, the, the tweet? I posted it on on Sports of Strawberry Ice today. That TJ was very happy with the way the Reds are doing things here. Let me let me see if I can find the find the thing I posted on the Strawberry Ice page here. It was a bunch of tweets. <clears throat> One second, where is it at? So I can read it. Oh, here it is. Yeah, TJ oh. Anton. He says we're these are tweets from him today. We are doing big things here. I am proud to put on my jersey each and every day and learn from the best teammates in the world. He likes what they're doing with driveline and different things like that. And that is the new way for baseball of, of pitching. And a lot of players like that. So they are good things that the Reds are doing, and they have to try. They're going to just have to try. They're going to have to use the guys they have. Now, hopefully they're in the playoff hunt and we can try to address the shortstop's uh, position maybe later on in the season. Yeah. But you got to get yeah. up. The thing is, they have got to get off to a good start. And David Bell has not gotten them off to a good start. Not, I mean, I'm not saying I mean, a great start. Because if you, you remember the, the 90 team that won the World Series wire to wire. They started out 9-0. and that basically won them the division. They got so far out in front. I mean, they kept winning. They were a good team. Don't get me wrong. But they got yeah. up to a great start, and nobody could catch them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's – it used to be with the Reds, it, it, they would they would play great until, <clears throat> you know, right around the All-Star break, and then they'd fall apart. Now it's 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 now they're just kind of – they, they get it together slowly, and they're getting a little bit better towards the end. But – I don't even know if I want to call it better after, like you said, 20, 22 total innings. I just don't understand that. I, oh, that was just misery. That was the worst three games of anybody's life. If you're a red fan, exactly. it, it was like, like oh, I was like a, a 
nails on a chalkboard. Oh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> I, was like, well, I mean, more guys on base than we're staying in the motel room down the road. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, it's like, like I said, they get up the bat and it's like their nuts shriveled up and they couldn't, they couldn't get make they, a hit. They no. couldn't make contact. None of them. It just, oh, sick. It was annoying. But I think it's about six o'clock, so I think I'm ready to roll on out of here. How about you? Hey, I think I am too. I could probably eat some dinner for sure. What? You want to eat dinner? What's that? Dinner, supper, dinner, whatever. Ah, okay, I got you. <laughs> what, what do you, What do you guys call it? Brunch? I call it, I call it dinner. I'm just actually. You know what? One place I used to guys I used to work with, they they would call they would call lunch dinner, and they would call dinner supper. I'm yeah. like. Cause they're like, cause we go to, like, all right, we're gonna go to lunch. You're gonna go where? I said, I'm gonna go to lunch. You mean dinner? Like, yeah. not five o'clock yet. Why would I go to dinner? Yeah, they're like, no, it's lunch. Like, no, no, this is dinner. That's supper. I'm like, yeah, it, yeah. What? All right, I never heard that before. <laughs> it's a, a lot down here too. A lot people, you know, we're gonna have some dinner and it come on in if you want some dinner. What? Well, I mean, it, it, it's twelve it, o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it, and the sun's right above my head. What's going on here? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, uh, that was always always weird to me. So anyway, all right. I think we're rolling out here. Um, I'd like to thank the groups that helped or let me live stream on them at Two Day Nation and Ohio State Bucknuts. And just to give everybody a heads up on uh, Bengals Brigade, I am probably going to uh, merge that with Who Day Nation. So if you guys are on Bengals Brigade, I'll put an announcement on there and give you guys a couple of days. Make sure you guys subscribe to Who Day Nation. And so Bengals Brigade and Houday Nation will be merging together because Houday Nation lets me live show on there. These guys help me out a lot, and it's one less group that I have to try to, to run. So, like I said, if you're on Bengals Brigade, go to Houday Nation. I'll be uh, merging with them. But Houday Nation is awesome. They let me live stream. Ohio State Bucknuts is awesome. They let me live stream on there. My other groups that I run, they're mine. It's um, Bearcat Ruckus, the Ice Bar. The Ice Bar is just a... Show page for me and Jeremy to do silly memes, silly TikToks, and just have some fun at the virtual bar. You got the Radical Reds. And another one that I think I'm live streaming on is uh, Riding Third and Heading for Home. Uh, it's a Cincinnati Reds group, so you guys can check that one out. I'm 95% sure I'm live streaming that one, but I'm not exactly <laughs> positive. Who wants to do the show? I have certain people that share it for me, not this guy, because he's in Facebook jail. He can't share anything with for me anymore. <laughs> so... I think I'm out. on these groups, <laughs> but I'm not totally sure. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, check out the podcast later on tonight, or you can listen to it tomorrow at work. I'm on Bean Pod, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And other than that, Jeremy D, you help us roll on out of here. Will, 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 will do, my friend. And like Jeff was saying, anybody that's watching from a group, make sure you jump on over there to YouTube. Give us yeah. a like, notification. Nice. 841 subscribers, baby. And it, 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 I mean, it's it, it's a machine. It's just rolling. Just it's rolling, rolling, baby. Rolling. We're going to keep it going as long as they keep us going. And I, I don't think they're going anywhere, Jeff. I think we're stuck with this crew, man. Hey, sounds good with me. They're stuck with me, too. And You, you got it, buddy. Wait, so wait, wait. So that means I'm stuck with you? Yeah, well, like I said, you you got it, buddy. Ah, crap. 
But anyway, as always, remember one thing and one thing only, and that is you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? Let's go all Ohio sports. Exactly. Who day? Let's go Reds. Let's let's go David Bell. Don't screw this up. I want to go to the playoffs and I want to score. We can do it. <laughs> and other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!